Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos, a Gemar Tov, everyone. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Ya Rav Kama Tzar Kama Tzar Likhi Tizal Katali Imrati Ya Rav Kama Tzar Kama Tzar Likhi Tizal Katali Imrati Ya Rav Kama Tzar Kama Tzar Likhi Tizal Kat
השמיים ואדברה, ותשמע ארצים רפי. יערוף כמה תר לקחי, תזל קטל אמרתי. כי סירים מלא דשא, וחרביבים מלא עשר. כי שם השם אקרא, עבור גודל אלוקינו. עצור תמים פעלות, ככל רחב משפט. כן אמונה ואין עוול. צדיק וישר הוא, האזינו השמיים ואדברה, ותשמע ארצים רפים. יערוף כמה תר לקחי, תזל קטל אמרתי. כי סירים מלא דשא, וחרמיבים מלא עשר. כי שם השם אקרא, עבור גודל אלוקינו.
I've heard somewhere before. Abba, shamata, hashira mimul. Why, why? It's our zemer from Istanbul. We now are good friends, which I guess is no Yiddish. And you should hear how after Drachem in Yiddish. Our wives are now soulmates, the kids love to play. And Kalmin, now it's one big bowl of couscous every day. We look forward to Shabbos to come gaze the home and the spirit of Kiddish Idris. Most of all, we love Zibirot to chant with our sons. And this old tune from... It's not Kalmin, it's Machnit Ois. This old tune from somewhere we
love the land is Shabbos enters every Jewish town. Full of love for Hashem, our hearts fill with joy, bursting forth with the Zmirai sound. One peaceful Friday night The table decked in white The gloom and darkness of gallows Seem lost in the candle's light Entranced by the brilliant glare A young boy pondered he dreamed of a world of Kiddusha, where Shabbos is kept everywhere. With Zmirais and learning and bright candles burning, my weekly Nechama lifts up my Nishama for Shabbos. To sing the song of Shabbos The whole world is waiting To sing the song of Shabbos The flowers and the trees Sing the song of Shabbos The valley and the mountains Sing the song of Shabbos And I am also
mall on Friday night, his first time never there. Strapped into his knapsack with his long and curly hair. Stood there for a while, broke out with a smile, emotion, overwhelming joy with tears. The men were dancing there, their hearts so full of love. They sang such happy tunes to thank the one above for showing them the way, for giving them a day to rest, rejoice with peace of mind to pray. Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. Just one Shabbos, come and join with me. We'll sing and dance to the sky with our spirits so high. We will show them all it's true. Let them Sunsets over the clouds As the world stands so still Not a sound But listen carefully You can hear the whispering Announcing the arrival Of the Shabbos Queen The candles reflecting the joy on the faces of every girl and boy Mother prays there silently Children sing As the Shekhinah descends To fill the world with peace Sun in me from the dark Comes my Shabbos, my spark And it's holiness lights up my soul it's a treasure that makes me feel whole And my spirits soar Cause my heart feels at home And on each Friday night I can close my eyes tight I can picture it so vividly I can taste the geula so sweet It's the time God made and my Nishama
in the a.m. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. A Gmar Tov to all. I hope your Yom Kippur was um, inspiring, wonderful, happy, and an easy fast, I hope. Um, I hope you're waking up this morning with a sense of uh, being refreshed after the spiritual cleansing, as Rabbi Yudin calls it that the entire Jewish world went through yesterday on Yom Kippur Day. Uh, you heard Baruch Levine in the Shabbos medleys, Miros and Yoshev done by Avram Rosenblum of Diaspora, Journeys from volume number four, I believe. Is that from four or from three? It's either three or four. Uh, with Shvaskenaz. Shvashkina, Shvash, <laughs> Um, listener Morris, a uh, big fan of that selection. Yehuda Glantz with Gotta Dance and Kulo Tahor. That's how everyone feels today, Kulo Tahor. Completely pure. Hazinu done by the Moshav Band. Hazinu done by Kol Ish. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this September the 17th, day 11 in the month of Tishrei. The brand new year is 5782. Happy, healthy, sweet year to all. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas Hazinu. With candle lighting time at 641 on this Erev Shabbos, at least in the New York area, 641 is your official candle lighting time. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And Monday night is the holiday of Sukkot. Monday night, Sukkot begins. Keep that in mind. Weather for Monday night looks pretty good in this area. I hope it's like that no matter where you might be. 71 degrees with 88% humidity. Winds in northeast at 11 miles per hour. Cloudy, maybe some rain this afternoon and a high temperature of 77. Then tonight, partly cloudy and a low of 68. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of 86 degrees. 79 right now in Yushalayim. We're at 71 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Listener Tikva wishing us Shabbat Shalom from Israel. Morris says, great song about the two neighbors in Borough Park. Shabbat Shalom to all. That is the song called Shvashkenaz by uh, Journeys. 
And listener Cohen says Shabbat Shalom. That's from Yitzchak in Kemp Mill, Maryland. Thank you, Yitzchak. We say Shabbat Shalom to you, and we uh, hope you had an easy fast. We hope all of our listeners had an easy fast and a very inspiring Yom Kippur. We are expecting uh, Rabbi Yudin to speak to us about Parshas Hazino at about 8.15 this morning. We are expecting Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, to speak with us coming up at about 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Mark Zamek is going to be hosting the Erev Shabbos show at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Final hour at about um, 5.30 this afternoon. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday night, Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night. Matis with JM Sunday coming up on the Sunday between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. is coming Sunday morning between 7 and 9 a.m. Matis will be handling that as he always does, of course. And we'll be, we'll be uh, here Monday morning, Erev Sukkot, then off the air on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday for the holiday as it's observed in the diaspora. And then back uh, Thursday, Chol Hamoed here. At JM in the AM, that's the that's the schedule of things. Going to be a couple of a uh, couple of of protracted weeks. Uh, we've got the week of Yantiv, then the week of uh, Shemini Atzeres Simchas Torah. Finally, into a regular schedule on uh, what is Isruchag in the diaspora, which is Thursday, the thirtieth of September. That's when we get back into a regular schedule and really get this thing going on season number ten of the Nachum Siegel Network, and. Um, just getting a, a, a really, really full season going because we're going to be going from from September to 30th all the way to mid-April with a straight season until uh, we get to Pesach because of the extra month of Adar. So Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat Hashem, looking for great programming, looking for a uh, wonderful response from the audience over the next half a year or so. Listener Lenny says, Dear Nachum, greetings from Efrat. I'm in quarantine after four days due to bureaucratic paperwork. Yeah, I think that's why everyone's in quarantine who's in quarantine because of bureaucratic paperwork uh despite my three shots and negative covid and positive serology tests oh my gosh it is a little it's a little something as they say i uh, hope to be released on sunday have a good shabbat that's listener lenny and efrat and uh, the only benefit i guess is uh if he's tethered to a, a specific location he gets to hear jam in the am a little bit more I would guess that's the only benefit. Although knowing Lenny, he'd probably take uh, Jam Name along in his phone and just you know listen wherever he is, as so many people do. So I don't know if the quarantine actually matters, frankly. Anyway, Friday morning, Jam in the AM at ten minutes before seven o'clock. Plenty coming up, as we said, all the way until nine AM at ten o'clock. It's Mark Zamek and the Air of Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, that'll be happening starting at ten AM Eastern Time. Plenty more on a Friday. It's hard to believe it's Friday. On a Friday, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
Avi Delevante, Nissim Black. Such a beautiful city. You're a Kodesh. Je t'ai quitté Jérusalem en pleurant. I left my tears on your stone, Jerusalem. Mais je sais, je reviendrai, je suis croyant. Je t'aime en Jérusalem. La gloire, tu la portes en toi. Mais toi, on te Shines bright, the free town. Ain't a fire in a world like this, so we pray for the city with a fire on our lips. Yerushalayim, we see all the other lands truly need thee. Whether or not an embassy, sympathetic empathy will bring us to a greater peace. Uh, Cause we're the glory of the East. God's greatest gift runs deeper than the sea. Love and justice and truth we preach. Even on a shorthand, we still reach. J.M. in the A.M. Oh, our news from Israel is on. In Boach Beinoni, Bitouna in Autobus Becholon, Tziftei Kibui Esh, Hiltsu Oto, Lachar Shinilkad Berichbo, Bezevet Magen David Odom, Pina Oto, Lebet Acholim, Wolfson, Bair. Yediya Shirikzu Katavotenu, Hadash Taif, Be'asael Beled. 
שר החוץ יאיר לפיד יקיים היום בשעה ארבע שיחת וידאו משותפת עם מזכיר המדינה של ארצות הברית אנטוני בלינקן ועמיתים ממרוקו וממדינות המפרץ. השיחה שזימן בלינקן תועבר באתר של מחלקת המדינה ותתקיים בסימן שנה להסכמי השלום והנורמליזציה. בשיחה השתתפו שר החוץ של מרוקו, יועצו הדיפלומטי של נשיא האמירויות ושגריר בחריין בארצות הברית. ידיעה שהעבירה כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג. דוח הסוכנות לעסקים קטנים ובינוניים קובע כי כמעט 40% מהגופים הציבוריים אינם משלמים לספקים בזמן הנקוב על פי חוק מוסר התשלומים. כתבתנו לענייני צרכנות עינב קרנר מוסיפה כי על פי הדוח נרשם שיפור מתמשך מאז החלת החוק. מנכ"ל משרד הכלכלה והתעשייה דוקטור רון מלכה אמר העסקים הקטנים והבינוניים הם מנוע הצמיחה של המשק והגופים החזקים הממשלה, הרשויות והמגזר הציבורי בכללו חייבים להתגייס ולעמוד בחוק מוסר התשלומים. מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית ללא שינוי בטמפרטורות והן נמוכות מעט לעונה. מחר תחול עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות שתחזורנה להיות רגילות. ולסיום, שוד עתיקות במדבר יהודה הסתיים בתפיסת מטבעות בני אלפיים שנה. לוחמים מגדוד לביאי הבקעה עצרו אתמול סמוך לרוג'ום ענקה רכב חשוד לאחר שסירב לעצור ונתפס הם מצאו בו גלאי מתכות ועשרות מטבעות עתיקים. לאחר בדיקה של קמ"ט ארכיאולוגיה במינהל האזרחי התברר שמדובר במטבעות מימי הנציבים הרומיים ותקופות נוספות וחלקם הוטבעו על ידי המורדים היהודים במהלך המרד הגדול. החשוד נעצר והרכבים הפריטים הוחרם. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון, דורון קדוש. אלה החדשות. J.M. in the A.M. Boy, that news from Israel snuck up on me, didn't it? <laughs> Sorry about that. Usually we try to get it started, uh, or we try to present it at the actual start of the news from Israel. So my apologies. Before that, Avi DeLevante with Nissan Black and Peace in the World. Shabbos, done by Abe Cohen and company. Friday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. It's Friday morning on this September the 17th. Hope your Yom Kippur was inspirational and easy. It's the 11th of Tishrei, Erev Shabbos Parshas HaZinu, with candlelighting in New York at 641. Monday night, of course, begins the holiday of Sukkot. Cloudy skies, maybe some rain this afternoon, a high of 77. We're at 79 in Yerushalayim, 71 now in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Malcolm Honeline is expected to join us, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time, or by Uden, of course, later on on Parshas Hazinu. I don't think Harry Rothenberg uh, released a um, a Hazinu segment. Uh, he was with us, Erev Yom Kippur. Uh, but, of course, anything that he presents, if it is uh, for the upcoming holiday or, obviously, uh, for any of the Parshas, we'll have it for you here at JM in the a.m. Um, only Smachot says regards from Cleveland Nahum shared on Facebook a regular listener fan have a wonderful Shabbos thank you appreciate that uh, that's from our app Morris says the theme song for Partners in Torah is so beautiful the video is so inspiring thanks for playing on an era of Shabbos so timely thank you Morris 
And a happy, healthy, sweet new year to everybody out there. A peaceful year to all of us. Sukkot begins Monday night. Let's hope it's a wonderful holiday for all. Don't forget that our Tishrei Chesed campaign, I remind everybody that you have till Monday night to do something really nice for a family, especially those families that are in need. And there are a lot of families that are in need. So, number one, try to do something nice. Number two, on Thursday, Cholomoed, a lot of people are going to be heading down to Six Flags Great Adventure. Uh, the reason they're going to be heading down is because it's going to be an amazing Cholomoed activity. NCSYGreatAdventure.com, NCSYGreatAdventure.com for all the details. But we're asking everybody out there to go to that website and donate tickets so that single parents and their children can enjoy a trip to Six Flags. Go to the menu on the right, ncsygreatadventure.com. Go to the menu on the right and um, and give whatever you can. You'll see on the menu on the right, it says donate. One of the options is donate. And you'll be able to donate tickets uh, for, for less than $180. You could send four family members down to Six Flags, which is pretty cool. A lot of people give 180 to causes these days. So please, whatever you could do is much appreciated, believe you me. Uh, and our friends at NCSY in New Jersey are going to make sure that needy families get those tickets. Uh, it's the Tishrei Chesed campaign. Lots of recommendations we've made over the last few weeks. Make sure to implement something, please. Um, and get your kids involved. Let them understand what you're doing and why. For families that uh, are in need. Friday morning, JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Kodesh <laughs> קצת גדול עליי אני צריך לגדול מזה ודי לגדול מזה ודי אוווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
הלב שלי נקרא לשניים, מה שלא ראתה שפחה למים, כמו סופה מן הים עולם, כמו תופעה של מרים פועם, ואין תרופה בעולם. הלב שלי מרים ידיים, כבר מועד לא עומד על הרגליים, שבר כלי שאין בו כבר מה, והשמיים הם לי חומה, חבור בתוך הים, ביבשה. ורק אתה יכול להפוך מספדי למחול, לזכך את החול. לרכך בי הכל, ורק אתה מבין איך לגשת ללב שלי, משכך כל כאב שבי, מרפא את done by Yishai Rebo. Simcha Liners Rise Up. That took me back to Kosher Halftime Show. What year was that? 2020? 
I think it was 2020. <laughs> um, Shuli Rand and uh, Amir Dadon together with Bain Kodesh Lachol to open up that set here at JM in the AM. Friday morning broadcast in this era of Shabbos Parshas Hazino. I was thinking of the Kosher Halftime Show last night because uh, I saw that uh, one of the New York football teams played after Yom Kippur. And, um, yeah, we got to start thinking about what we're going to be doing for the Kosher Halftime Show for 2022. Hard to believe. Candle lighting 641 on this Friday era of Shabbos. Parshas Hazinu. Monday night is Sukkis. We're here, of course, Monday. Matis is in Sunday with JM Sunday Live starting at 7 a.m. Avrami has a Saturday Night Seagull program tomorrow night. Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbos show coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern time today, plus the Arab Shabbos music mix, plus the final hour at about 5.30 Eastern time, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's what's happening uh, here on the Nahum Seagull Network all day long, and I certainly hope you'll be tuned in. Very worthwhile programming, to say the least. Malcolm Holmline expected later this hour, or by you to next hour, of course. We are here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, at JM in the AM. And um, just checking out here. Uh, here we go. We'll do this one from the New York Boys Choir at JM in the AM.
Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with Yaakov Shweki and Boss Shabbos. You heard Mayor's Sermon and Curry Bone. Mordechai Shapiro's Ananachnu, New York Boys Choir, had Layehudim Haisa Ora Vesimcha. JM in the AM, good morning. It is a Friday, Erev Shabbos, believe it or not. <laughs> After what I hope was an easy and inspiring day for everybody yesterday, the holiday of Yom Kippur, hope was an easy fast and an inspiring day. Good to wake up with a refreshed feeling. Uh, that many people have uh, the morning after Yom Kippur, and I hope that you're feeling that this morning. It's Friday on the 17th of September, the 11th of Tishrei. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Hazinu, candlelighting 641 in New York. Monday night, of course, begins the holiday of Sukkot. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. A&H, incredible, delicious meats, wonderful products, perfect thing to serve for the upcoming holiday of Sukkot. Check out Abel's and Hyman. They're amazing hot dogs. They're fantastic salamis, the stir-fry, the corned beef, the pastrami. It's all there. Uh, check it out in your stores. Go to uh, any of the uh, any of the kosher supermarkets, and you will find an incredible A&H display. Abel's and Hyman, everybody, wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year, and they're ready for you. They're ready for the, for the upcoming holiday. Make sure to try A&H today. Our friends at Gaia Coffee remind you that Yuntif begins on uh, Monday night. And you want to make sure to have fresh brewed coffee this Yuntif, go to GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A Coffee.com, G-A-I-A Coffee.com. 15% discount with promo code radio. Again, 15% discount with promo code radio, G-A-I-A Coffee.com. 15% off with promo code radio. It's brew bags. You just toss that coffee bag into your glass of hot water, and you are set with a fresh brewed cup of coffee. Simple as that. Perfect for Yuntif or any time. Check it out, GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A, coffee.com. And um, you'll be glad you did. Shabbat Shalom and Chag Sameach from the last AJA carpool number 204 before Sukkot break. Thank you, listener, Danielle, and everybody have a wonderful holiday of Sukkot down in Atlanta, no matter where you are around the world. Have a great holiday. Make sure to stay with us. So, Erev Yuntif, make sure to stay with us. Cholamoid, make sure to always have NSN going. You'll be glad you did. Don't forget ncsygreatadventure.com. All the information is there about what's happening Thursday at at Six Flags. ncsygreatadventure.com. Participate in our in our Tishrei Chesed campaign simply by going to ncsygreatadventure.com, clicking on the on the um, menu on the right side. Go to the donate tab and donate tickets to single parents and their families, single parents and their children, so they can enjoy. A great Six Flags experience Thursday, Cholamoid, ncsygreatadventure.com. More coming up, including our weekly update at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. More from Yaakov Shweki with your Gotti Friday morning broadcast. J.M. and the A.M. Candle lighting in New York, 641. 641 candle lighting in New York. Don't forget Mark Zomik presents an Erev Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Coming up brand new. It's Encore from last night, but it's a brand new show for this week. Hazinu coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Keep that in mind. Also, a big shout out to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. Big Yuntif coming up. So if you want to print out articles before Shabbos and or before Yuntif, having to do with Israel and the Jewish world. I'm talking about thousands of offerings. Go to jewishworldview.com, jewishworldview.com. Check out what they have to offer. You will be glad you did because you will be uh, you'll be further educated and more knowledgeable after having read 
uh, what you've printed out from the um, from the side. By the way, you don't have to print it out if you're not, if you're not doing it for Shabbos or Yantif. You could, you know, you can make the environmentalists happy and not print out anything. But if you want to read it on Shabbos or Yantif, you get my point. Friday morning, JM in the AM, Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update. Uh, we will not have a weekly update next week. That'll be Cholomoid, but please God, two weeks from today on October the 1st, we will reconvene. Keep that in your handy weekly update schedule. Mr. Honline, a, a Gamar Tov, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Gamartov, good to be with you. Hopefully, everybody feels was well over the past and uh, feels strong and strengthened by their experience of uh, tshuva and uh, davening. Yeah, let's hope so. I think that uh, we, as a collective worldwide community, could certainly use a uh, little bit of a uh, spiritual refresher, to say the least. And speaking of the worldwide Jewish community, what was your reaction, and what do you know about? The planned attack by Syrian terrorists in a shul in Hagen, Germany, yesterday. Well, it's certainly very worrisome. I mean, the police acted preemptively, and they did. Um, they had to cancel the planned the davening at the shul. But um, you know, it's a small community, and there were four uh, terrorists who were who were captured, and uh, we will find out much more, I'm sure, in the coming days. And this is a reminder that, um, I mean, obviously you've always been emphasizing that we have to secure our synagogues and schools, obviously any noticeable Jewish institution. Uh, But for those who sometimes find themselves getting lulled into a sense of security, maybe this will be a reminder that we need to be as diligent as possible. And this is not the only incident. We've had reports of uh, vandalism and other incidents before uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, which is always uh, when we usually see an uptick of some kind. and uh, in this case, they found out because a young kid, a 16-year-old, uh, said something online on an online chat that he was planning an attack on a synagogue. And uh, with that, they detained him and then others uh, who were in the western city of uh, Hagen. Right. The, the, um, but we've seen many other uh, incidents uh, planned and, and uh, thank God, very few executed in recent weeks. So people should be on the alert, not just on the Umtobin. This is a constant requirement today, unfortunately. But but Hello. This, oh there you hello? are. I'm yeah, sorry. But it. the statistics uh, speak for themselves and nobody should um, you know take it for granted anymore. By the way, unrelated because obviously it's not a terror situation, at least I hope. Uh, but I'm all, I'm curious because you, you always hear from communities around the world that are going through different types of of situations, they they reach out in, in hopes, frankly, that you could be helpful to them. But when it comes to Australia, you know they're far away, and I don't know what your relationship is with the community. I know that over uh, the last few weeks, there have been clashes between the uh, noticeably Orthodox community members and the military and police in um, in major cities in Australia because of the effort to get to shul and have uh, have a minion, have you know public davening uh, in a synagogue. Atmosphere. I don't know what happened on Yom Kippur, but we certainly saw some of the videos of what was going on on Rosh Hashanah. Are you hearing from that community at all? Because if there's a community, it seems, or a country uh, whose citizens have a right to protest the way things are being handled 18 months later, it's the people in Australia. 
So I am very familiar with the situation. I have a cousin in Melbourne, and I hear regularly from him, but also from others in the community because there have been a number of incidents, one that was an engagement party that got went viral during a lockdown and became the reason why they instituted another lockdown, which obviously stoked a lot of anti-Semitism. And then there was another picture of a wedding. And, uh, you know, these things can't be kept quiet. And it, I think Australia is in the seventh lockdown. Uh, and they act very decisively and have kept people open for most of, most of the year last year uh, in lockdown situations. So the violations have become uh, really a springboard for a lot of anti-Semitic stuff. Uh, now the, the shuls are, were banned from holding any kind of service, I think, more than a couple people gathering. And so there were illegal um, gatherings held, and the police raided one. That's the one you're referring to. And it uh, led to confrontation, people escaping over rooftops and all sorts of things that uh, took place. So it's Any idea what it, happened yesterday? I, don't, I haven't heard yet about yesterday because they're 14 hours ahead uh, generally. So it's, I wonder. You know, I, I wonder to make if arrangements they, to talk to them. I wonder yeah. if they allowed a minion in a shul for Yom Kippur. It's very possible they didn't. I think they, they as far as I remember, they were banning uh, gatherings, um, maybe in people's homes or things like that took place. But yeah, that's uh, not. I don't know if it's even if it's uh, by ex- exception. Or they just circuit the um, the law. So as bad as well, bad is the, you know a relative term, but as bad in quotation marks as we have it here, even for those who are not in Texas and Florida, um, <laughs> it, it, nonetheless, it could be a lot worse if we see what's going on in different parts of the world. I mean, you know, for us, uh, and again, I know for certain industries, this is not the case. People who are restaurateurs, people who are in the travel industry, obviously, still have, face a major challenge. 18 months later, but generally as a community, even in New York and California and other places that have had greater crackdowns, uh, we're still at least able to gather to worship and essentially basically hold our events. We are. If you remember, we went through it last Rosh Hashanah with people moving outdoors, and right. still I know a lot of services were held outdoors uh, or in tents and other facilities, and um, some shuls tried to institute Distant seating is very hard to do. It's very hard to implement. And people, you know, after all this time, want to get together. They want to come together in, for tefillah, for the commu- sense of community. And uh, I understand the frustration, but, you know, the laws in, in many countries, Australia is an island. They feel themselves, you know, endangered. And, and their level of uh, inoculation was very low for a long time. It's now starting to catch up. And I guess that that will relieve some of the pressure. But when uh, people, when there were very uh, small percentages that were inoculated, it puts the governments under pressure. And as an island, they feel particularly vulnerable. Yeah, I hear that. By the way, while while we're on the subject of COVID, have you heard anything about Yom Kippur in Israel? Has anybody uh, reported to you about, I I assume they also had a lot of outdoor uh, services, I guess, if if people were It was an amazing manifestation, which I learned during the night. Um, that young people organized in Dizengoff Square in Tel Aviv, a massive uh, davening on the first night, mm. Kol Nidre. I don't have all the details, but people told me they couldn't get you couldn't get near the area. That the turnout was was huge. 
Um, I don't think it would meet most people's standards, but it was, uh, nonetheless, I think, a very insignificant event. Uh, Israel still has restrictions in place, but, as you know, they're doing the third, uh, the booster shot very widely. And um, still in some places have restrictions. And unfortunately, the numbers still remain relatively high. Now, here's the rumor, and I know that you know you don't always like commenting on rumors, but the rumor is... I never do. <laughs> the rumor <laughs> is that in October, once Yontif ends, and in Israel, I remind everybody that Yontif will be over, the last day will be September the 28th, uh, that once Yontif ends for the month of October, they're going to revert back to the system uh, that we were told about in July, which would not require quarantine, but would require PCR tests or logical tests once you landed, all that stuff, uh, and groups would have a, a much... Uh, a much more liberal policy in terms of getting in as compared to individuals who want to go to a simcha, etc. Uh, have you heard that we're going to re- revert to pre-summer conditions in Israel? They did announce that they would allow people in, and that, uh, but it's been a very confused picture. Yep. So I think people have to check because, for instance, yesterday they suspended uh, the review of any documents for people to be admitted for at least two weeks till after the Omtovim. They said they can't handle it, et cetera, and there's a backlog. So they're not reviewing any of the applications for people to visit uh, from abroad, although many people or some people seem to have gotten in for Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, more, more so for Sukkot in the last couple of days uh, because of the group's arrangement that groups would get permission. Uh, it's not consistent policy because I you know people who had reservations who couldn't get in. I know the hotels that where Americans generally stay or Europeans stay are, are empty. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually they fill up with Israelis. I don't think that seems to be as true this time as it was in the past. Uh, probably Sukkot they will have um, they will have much more, but the um, uh, it's, so it's still a confused situation. Unbelievable. I mean, I think a lot of the Israelis actually spent their vacation time in those Jerusalem hotels and other hotels during the summer. And, uh, you know, maybe you're right, though, when it comes to Sukkot, they may actually uh, go back and uh, utilize the hotels to vacation. Uh, I was thinking about when I was reading about the passing of Ida Nudel, I said to myself, boy, you must be an actual expert uh, when it comes to uh, her role and that era when it came to the Soviet jury movement. Could you give us a little bit of the insight as to how this one woman had such an amazing influence on the whole Refuse Nick program? This was a truly remarkable woman who was the angel of the of the uh, people who were the Refuse Nicks, who cared for them, visited them in, in, in prison, um, was uh, really one of the backbones of the Soviet jury movement, and yet you meet her, she's a very diminutive, she was a very diminutive uh, person, um, you know, not tall of stature, but certainly uh, strength. And she took on the Israeli government on issues as well once she was in Israel. Um, but she's been a, uh, she's really a, a remarkable figure who there were books written about her. And the one who spoke about her most was Secretary of State George Shultz, who took a personal interest and raised her name in his meetings with Russian officials on numerous occasions. And uh, when she got out, the, the exchange between them is now legendary. I didn't realize that she was released after Sharansky. Like she was, you know, uh, on, on the uh, on the timeline, she was pretty late as a uh, you know as opposed to some of the earlier Refuseniks. She was yes, considerably later. Yeah. And um, 
and and they and and a couple of things. Number one, you mentioned Schultz, but I read in the article. I didn't realize Jane Fonda had a role in her in her release, or or at least keeping her at the forefront that people should not forget about her. She was one of those who who spoke out. You always need Hollywood, right? You always need a celebrity. <laughs> we we saw that with a couple of other cases recently, as you remember. You always need a celebrity to step up uh, and and keep every, keep somebody at the forefront. At least it helps a lot. Let's put it that way. It helps a lot of somebody with that kind type of recognition. And because they get the attention, and yeah. that's why we have. Right. You know, when people ask me why we send some of these figures to Israel. It's because they talk to the young people. They can reach them and are seen as credible for reasons I'm not sure, but they have yeah. um, and sports figures also yeah. uh, are revered by, especially by young people. And when they come and say them, say to them um, that, you know, it, it, talk to them about Israel and tell the truth about Israel, it has a, a very profound impact. So that's why I hope we'll be able to get back to being able to send people and have them come back and talk about the reality of Israel. I think Israel, the truth is Israel's strongest weapon when we're opposing all of the lies that are just incredible. Hello? You there? Yep. There we are. Um, Two more things on this, uh, and then we'll move on. First of all, uh, in the New York Times article I read, it cites the um, effect that the Six-Day War had on her and others. And it's always the demarcation. It's always the historical episode that everyone points to uh, when it comes to uh, giving everybody in Russia at the time behind the Iron Curtain some type of longing or extra longing uh, for the Holy Land. So I think that's important to uh, to point that. And I'm sure you heard that from God knows how many refuseniks who you met in the aftermath of their release that the Six-Day War was so significant. Everyone, if you read her book, um, I think it was called A Hand in the Darkness, if, I'm pretty sure that's what the name was, um, uh, where they talk about it, and, and Sharansky, others, all were motivated by the Six-Day War. It was a watershed for them. It gave them courage and the and the inspiration. Because remember, as much as we did, and we people devoted their lives to the cause of Soviet Jewry outside, it was Russian Jews who put their lives on the line, yeah. and who they planned the hijacking. Remember, in 1970, sure. it was more as a dramatic for the dramatic impact um, to to get people to to pay attention to the plight, which um, uh, and and the fact that they, the Russians, you know, were then the Soviets were. Uh, producing and, and publicizing all sorts of negative reports about Israel. Right. But in every report, they would talk about Israel's activities, the military and others, and the Russian Jews would say, look what Israel has, it's a modern state, it has all the things the Russians were trying to use for negative propaganda against Israel. Actually, they were able to see through the, the to see the importance and the development of Israel, and against the, you know, Israel was always portrayed as mosquito-ridden to try to deter people from going, and, right. you know, as a downtrodden state, and yet they show them winning the war, you know, fighting this war, et cetera, uh, had a really profound impact. They were the ultimate fake news, the Russians. <laughs> they, they, may still, right. they may still be, by the way. The other point is that, I mean, I'm sure you meet... Um, uh, the the Soviet refuseniks once they get to Israel or the United States and they're you know they're underplaying uh, and and very modest about their role in the whole movement. I mean, obviously that you know m- most heroes behave that way and they don't see you know the great sacrifice the way you just described it. Uh, but in addition to that, are they aware? And I might know the answer to this, but I think it's so important to tell the younger generation: Are they aware of the work? 
that was done behind the scenes and in front of the scenes on the streets of New York and other places, Washington, etc., to keep their plight at the forefront? Absolutely not. Uh, I speak to audiences, young Russian Jews, young um, American Jews and others. They have no idea. They don't know who Sharansky is. They won't know who Edith Nudel is. Uh, and, you know, the story of how she she hung a sign out her window, I remember, that said, KGB, let me go to Israel. <laughs> and she got four years in prison for that. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, she didn't get out. I think she came out in 1986 or 1987. 87, yeah. So, after she you know, yeah. That was pretty late. And she, yeah. she started already in 1970 with the group. And she was so courageous in the way she, uh, you know, fought for the, for the prisoners publicly and challenged the, the authorities. <sighs> pretty amazing. Years old when she died. Pretty amazing. America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. What could you tell us about North Korea? Apparently, a few days ago, they uh, they sent a military message to the world. They did, and a serious message it is, and people have to take all of this, uh, you know, the, the uh, developments that we see in the region seriously because uh, North Korea is a provocative state. Uh, South Korea also launched a missile in in response, and that shows an escalating situation. Uh, as you see, the United States and others are much more active in uh, in Asia and in the waters off Asia, targeting China particularly, but also concerned about the uh, about North Korea's activities. As certainly, the Japanese are apoplectic about uh, North Korea, South Korea, obviously. Uh, this was a very demonstrative act. The concern about the whole um, region has led to this creation of a of a of the quad with Australia, India, uh, Japan, United States to to counter uh, both China and its its ally North Korea. Um, you know, it's not an area we generally focus on attention, but it's it has a lot of implications for the Middle East and for other areas. As you know, Iran. And North Korea have a sort of synergistic relationship in the development of the missiles, which are no dung missiles on which Iran built their uh, missiles. And both scientists from both countries are there when they have launches. So the nuclear program and the missile programs are related, uh, something that uh, I spoke to the Japanese prime minister about and others to get them to understand that this is not a localized uh, event. So the the um, there was also pictures that I just came out again. I haven't authenticated it, but the report came during the night of uh, of uh, satellite photos of them launching from a train, a missile from a train where the roof slides open and the missile is launched. This is again, you know, makes it much more difficult than to strike locations if you're mobile, and uh, it shows that that technology is improving all the time. This is um, obviously of great concern, should be of concern to everyone. What do you think of the revelation that a member of the Trump administration uh, made sure to convey a message to the leadership in China that if the president at that time would take military action, they'd make sure to inform them in advance? Well, I'm sure it'll be the subject of a lot of investigations, uh, rightfully so. I mean, whether this is, uh, you know, it's been called everything from sabotage to subordination. Um, I don't know, you know, enough of the details yet to, to know how you categorize it. But if true, it certainly would be a, quite a remarkable event and, and so out of character for the military, which 
uh, sees its role differently, uh, I think we're going to hear a lot more about it. And I know that it's hard to do this on one foot, as the expression goes, but, it, I mean, China and North Korea are allies because... Like, common enemies, because they are neighbors, because, you know, China's actually apoplectic about North Korea. Their fear is that unrest there or solution to government, something will cause millions more of North Koreans to come into China. They already have a large population of North Koreans who have crossed the border. So for them, the stability of North Korea is very critical. And they maybe they enable them to be a, a, a buffer against the South Korea, which is seen as an American presence and a strong military presence. And there are a lot of issues that uh, that you know, connect them in, in the strategic area. And they're happy when the U.S. is tough on North Korea or not? Um, probably, probably mixed feelings, I would, I would assume. But, uh, no, they, th they have a big investment, in, and they want to see North Korea strong. But America has not been tough on North Korea. If you, if you look at it in a larger scope, I think that they've allowed them to, to get away with much too much, and that... Um, we have to be tough because, you know, this is a, an irresponsible regime. It's a dictatorial, totalitarian regime which has oppressed its own people, let alone threatened and, and blatantly threatened uh, South Korea and Japan and the region. Uh, whether their, their weapons are really for defensive purposes, I don't know why they need then uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles for the defense of the country. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, is the uh, Gilboa prison break story over? And uh, if it is, are there going to be repercussions from that episode down the line? There will be repercussions for a long time. It's, it's not over at all, and it's going to be a political issue. It'll be a you know a share the blame uh, contest about uh, blaming previous administrations, this administration. How is it possible that that everybody was asleep? You know, this either a confluence of of errors and um, circumstances that were really remarkable. Uh, yeah, when I asked if it's over, meaning meaning they've all been apprehended, right? At I have not point? seen that the last two were. Oh, that didn't, they were not. I didn't realize that. Okay, I didn't realize that. And they were they, as a Arabiantov, they weren't. Oh, I didn't and know that. Um, uh, so that that issue is certainly not over. But I thought you meant the ramifications. Yeah for the country, which is something many Israelis are asking. Uh, you know, the potential danger of this is, was immense. It, but, you know, Israeli Arabs and Palestinians and Janine refused to give these guys food and water and eventually turned some of them in, gave the information as to how to track them. Uh, they, they, um, there were reports that the two of them had gone to Jordan. We don't know that that's true. But uh, there are a lot of efforts. Obviously, it's an all-out search to, to find them because they can. They're going to try to cross to Gaza. They might have. There was a report of a guy crossing into Lebanon. So Israel actually crossed the border into Lebanon, and they shot flares, and they were uh, in searching for for them, but did not find any anybody. Yeah, two are still on the lamb, as they say. I didn't realize that. 
and uh, must be frightening for people. Go on the camel, I think. <laughs> nice. Uh, activity on both of Israel. Israel has more than two borders, but the two borders that I have in mind. Uh, so people don't realize, and uh, unless you're following the news really closely, that along the Gaza border there are these um, uh, balloons, the fiery uh, incendiary items still coming over. Uh, plus there's activity where uh, Israel feels the need to respond both to that and to missiles that are being fired. Have the last few days been quiet on the Gaza border or not? No, the situation there is very escalated. Uh, There had been thought that there would be uh, much more additional action from along the Gaza border. Israel has uh, reinforced their presence there. They fight uh, on the numerous um, battles. One is these balloons, which people don't take seriously, that they cause immense damage. Uh, they set fires. They land in schools. They, they, they some of them have IEDs, <coughs> improvised devices, you know, explosive devices. Mm-hmm. So they are a serious matter. Number two, you have riots along the border, and sometimes live fire. And as you know, one guard was killed, right. um, and the, and and the escalation of of the violence, which is used by by Hamas. Uh, to regardless of the interests of the people, uh, now that they are getting money from Qatar, the money from Qatar is being funneled to poor families through various uh, institutions, including money changers and others, where they get I think $100 a month, but it's about 100,000 people who who qualified. Israel removed several thousand. The PA refused to cooperate. And it was supposed to go through the Palestinian Monetary Authority, but they're not cooperating because they don't want the Qatari money, and they don't want Hamas to have the influx of these funds. But the money for the Hamas uh, officials and stuff is not being paid right now. So you have uh, the Palestinians reneging on the deal that the Egyptians, the UN, Qatar, and others arranged, um, and so they had to quickly find alternative uh, means in order to keep these people from starving people. Nobody wants to see that happen. But it's not a solution. It's only a um, temporary measure, a stopgap measure. Um, the U.S. is pressuring the, the PA to stop the international criminal court uh, cases um, but the um, and other acts of provocative acts. There has been some communication between the PA and Israel, and the talks. Egypt is, is working very hard to try and get talks. They hosted the... Uh, uh, Prime Minister Bennett, and um, you know, cooperation between Egypt and Israel is very important. Even if yeah. the people don't yet buy into it, the uh, agreements are are expanding. We see Egyptian Air is now going to fly officially. Uh, till now, you had a subsidiary that flew without marked planes, but now you're going to have regularly scheduled flights between Cairo and Tel Aviv. Uh, so there are and an expanded cooperation in other areas. Um, but the situation in Gaza is a threat to Egypt as well. And of course, Israel and Egypt work together in and in regard to Gaza. But it's a it's a very tense situation. And on the northern border, I'm trying to understand this New York Times piece. What is Hezbollah doing in terms of importing oil uh, to the north into Lebanon? They're trying to save the Lebanese economy. What's going on there? Yes. So. Lebanon's economy is in total ruins. Its currency is almost worthless. The government has been unstable. They haven't been able to put together government. Now they are trying to. Hezbollah is seen as the responsible party. So dozens of trucks carrying fuel from Iran 
which were arranged by uh, Hezbollah. They came through one of the illegal crossings in the eastern region of, of Hermel. They were greeted by Hezbollah waving flags and women throwing rose petals and men firing guns, as they do. Uh, and, and Nasrallah had, had promised that he would bring the fuel and this is in violation of the sanctions uh, agreement. Uh, Lebanon has defaulted on its debt last year and can't afford to import uh, a lot of the goods, uh, and therefore they don't have um, fuel for vehicles and uh, power for generator to power generators, etc. So the Iranian ships came to the port of Banyas earlier week and they offloaded the uh, fuel and it was trucked uh, secretly to. Uh, Lebanon, I think altogether they said there were 80 trucks with more than a million gallons of, uh, of fuel. It's seen as humanitarian gesture yeah, and, but it, and fulfilling it. it. It's basically a strategy to show who's in charge, basically. <laughs> well, that's to let, you know, Hezbollah is under fire, and the, uh, by the way, Hamas now has established itself in southern Lebanon as well, which can be a challenge to, to, to Hezbollah because uh, they may want to escalate from the north when Hezbollah doesn't. Hezbollah doesn't want to draw the fire, uh, an all-out response by um, by Israel to the, these provocations. Um, this is only, by the way, going to fill uh, a small part of the demand. You know, motorists in, in Lebanon can uh, um, spend days in, in line to get uh, some fuel. So oh. this is um, okay. this is maybe another Hezbollah fundraising effort. Yeah. A stopgap measure, I guess we'd call it. But boy, oh boy. Uh, for those of us who are lucky enough to have access to fuel and other basic necessities, because you know it, you, you know how many Americans now are complaining, rightfully so, about shortages of certain items and the stopping of production of certain items. Uh, but imagine that, you know, on steroids, and you can get an idea of the type of weights that people in Lebanon have for fuel and other resources. Um, by the way, are there any countries that, assuming the conference is still on, you'll tell me, are there any countries who you'd like to see boycott the Durban anniversary uh, conference in New York that have not yet boycotted? Uh, yes, we are working very hard to get many more countries to to boycott. There were three or four more that joined last week, um, but not enough of them. Uh, some of them under pressure, for instance, from South Africa or others to to get them to attend. Ah. Uh, the Durban conference should be should not be celebrated and commemorated in this way. It was a, a seething base of anti-Semitism, and and some governments were courageous enough to say that they weren't going because of that, because they know what what's happened there in the past and what's likely to happen in the future. Um, so we're hoping that many more will will not go. Some are saying we will send low-level de- delegations, like no prime ministers or anything will attend. But the U.S. and many other countries have announced that they, you know, that they will boycott it, which is very important. Uh, and finally, I mean, while we're on the subject of what's going on in New York, I didn't even realize uh, that uh, that the UN is 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 in full swing this week, or maybe it's not in full swing because we're still in a COVID situation. Normally, this time of year, we pay careful attention to the prime minister being invited, speaking, etc. Is Israel? I, I know it's always the focus of the UN. I get that, but is Israel going to be uh, playing at all a part in the uh, in the annual UN meeting? So this year, it's going to be hybrid. The United States tried to dissuade people from coming, although President Biden is coming himself to speak because it's the first time. Uh, Prime Minister Bennett will be coming because it will be his first time. 
He'll be speaking, I think, on the 27th. Oh, he will be speaking. He means he'll be staying over Yontif uh, the last days, uh, as I recall. He speaks of Shanaraba. Wow. And, um, um, well, he couldn't come the earlier days because it also required him to be out of the country very long. Uh, and he has to be careful because he remains in a bubble, so he doesn't have to quarantine when he goes back for a week. Um, the the um, uh, Very few of the major heads of state so far have indicated that they're coming. We have meetings next week with about 15 heads of state already scheduled, over, and we were very curtailed because of Yontav about the amount of time. So we're actually starting on Sunday with a series of meetings, uh, Monday and then um, Thursday, and then Friday. Uh, and the following week, some more. Yeah, there have been the, some bad but calendar. But it's a very curtailed uh, U.N. session, so uh, I'm sure we're going to have the roadblocks because the president comes, the city freezes. Right. Uh, but it's on a yontif, so it's okay. The um, <laughs> I mean, normally <laughs> normally it's a bad schedule yontif-wise. but Terrible. This, but, yeah. this, but this year is awful. I mean, it really <laughs> interferes with all your efforts, all your efforts, Malcolm, for diplomacy and making sure that people have Israel in the proper light. Going to take an ex- oh, we'll, we'll make up for it. Actually, a number of countries did reach out, and, and quite a few, and are organizing meetings. Um, but as I said, I don't think a lot of the heads of state right. have yet indicated what they're what they're planning to do. They they have reserved slots, and you see many of them are not in person. But the um, I know that the Lavrov is coming, the foreign minister of Russia. We have a meeting with him, uh, but I don't think Putin is coming. All right. Uh, well, I wish you a Gemar Tov. I wish you a, a wonderful Shabbos and a great Sukkot. And please, God, we will speak two weeks from today. Mir Hashem, and everybody should have a wonderful Chag and celebrate and appreciate being outdoors. It's the COVID compliance. <laughs> <song>. <laughs> you know that was all, that's all planned, as, as they know. Of course, part of the plot. That's why they, okay, that's, well. why, that's why COVID started a half a year before that. Make sure. Yeah. We- we had everything we needed when it came to the fall Yuntif season. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Ha'azinu. Parshas Ha'azinu, which has a total of 52 psukim, 43 of which constitute the Shira, and the last nine are the transition once again between Moshe and Yehoshua taking over. Now, what we find, first of all, let's talk a little bit about the song of Ha'azinu. And let me begin by quoting from the Ramban, who tells us how significant is this Shira. And I quote, This song constitutes for us a true and faithful witness, plainly tells us all that will befall us, opening first by describing the kindness Hashem bestowed on us since He chose us for His people, followed by a record of His bounty towards us in the desert, how He disinherited mighty nations for us. Indeed, 
from an overabundance of good things, our rebellion against Hashem is foretold, how we would descend to worshipping idols. Then it is recorded how we would subsequently, consequently incur divine wrath, being finally expelled from the land and dispersed as had indeed befallen us. Subsequently, the song relates that Hashem will ultimately repay our enemies and wreak His vengeance on them. Why? For their hatred and persecution of Israel were not motivated by the fact that Israel did commit idolatry like themselves, but rather just the opposite, that Israel did not commit such deeds but rather that we prefer to be different, refusing to eat of their sacrifices, and that we spurned their heathen cults and strove to eradicate them. As it is written, as it says in Tehillim 44, Ki olecho horagnu kol hayom. Throughout Jewish history, the Jew was killed because of our loyalty, devotion to Hashem. Consequently, they mistreat us out of hatred of Hashem, and He, Hashem, will avenge such insult. It is plain, says, continues the Rambam, that the song speaks of our ultimate redemption, testifying that we will suffer divine reproof accompanied by the promise that our memory will nevertheless never be blotted out, but that Hashem will forgive our sins and repay our enemies for His name's sake. And therefore, the Safri says, great is the song. It embraces the present, the past, the future, this life and the hereafter. And therefore, only the Ramban could say the next paragraph. Were this song merely to constitute our horoscope as foretold by an astrologer, it would meet for us to believe it, meaning we should still believe it, since all its contents up till now have been confirmed by events with not the slightest deviation, how much more so should we wholeheartedly believe in and await the fulfillment of the words of Hashem through the mouth of His most trusted prophet. And so it is with happiness and joy that we read Parshas Ha'azinu, as indeed you should know that every Shabbos afternoon in the Beis Hamikdash, they read, read another paragraph of Avzinu, divided in Hazivlach. Now, according to the Rambam Maimonides, the last mitzvah of the Torah was in last week's parsha of Vayelech, the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. The Ramban, however, says that the six hundred. And 13th mitzvah is contained in this week's parsha, chapter 32, p- 
Pasuk 3, namely, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havugoldel Lelokeinu. When I call out the name of Hashem, which the Ramban says in his introduction to the book of Bereshis, in a rather very mystical way, that all of Torah is the name, identity of Hashem, we are to respond with greatness, meaning to recite a bracha. So the Ramban says that Birchas HaTorah is Deoraisa. It's a biblical mitzvah. And therefore, the Machaber begins the 47th chapter of Shulchan Aruch Orachayim, the laws of Birchas HaTorah. Be especially careful with the brachos of Birchas HaTorah, because according to many, explains the Mishnah Brura, the Ramban and others, it is biblical. Now, I strongly urge that if men and women are not yet reciting this bracha every morning, and really there are two, the Rambam counts it as three, but we have it as two brachos, Ashkenazic Jewry, the bracha of La Sok Bedivrei Sora, and then the bracha of Ashabachar Banu, the Ramban, in his list of those mitzvos, which he says the, Ram, the Rambam omitted, in his 15th entry, writes that there is the biblical mitzvah of Birkas HaTorah, Shenistavinu Lehodos, that we are called upon and commanded to give thanks to Hashem whenever we study Torah, and indeed once a day is sufficient. And what are we thanking Hashem for? Alatova for the goodness, Hagadola, the great goodness, She'osalanu, that He did for us, Besito Torosu Elenu, that He gave us His Torah, Vodienu, and he told us, Hama'asim, those acts, 613 of them, Horitsuyim Lifonov, that are most desirable for and pleasing to Hashem, Shebohem, that by our performing and living by these laws, Ninacheo Chayei Ho'olam Haba, we will inherit not only to live a most meaningful life in this world, but a world to come. And he compares it, the Rambam, to Birkas HaMazon, that just as there's a biblical mitzvah to thank Hashem after we have eaten, there is a biblical mitzvah to thank Hashem for the Torah before we even study Torah. Interestingly, therefore, according to the Rambam, Birkas HaTorah is a birkas shevach hoda'a, a blessing of praise and thanksgiving. Just as we recited the brach of Shechionu going into she- Yom HaKippurim, and please God, this coming Monday night, we're going to recite the bracha of Shechionu in the sukkah, please God, a blessing of shevach hoda'a, praise and thanksgiving. So too is birkas HaTorah. The Rambam, according to what appears to be uh, the way he explains it in Hilchos Tfila, Perik Zayim, Halacha Yud Aleph, 
the Rambam understands Birchas HaTorah as a Birchas HaMitzvah. That just as before you put up a mezuzah, before you put on your tefillin, before we light Shabbos candles, we recite a blessing, so too, before you study Torah, you recite a blessing. It's a Birchas HaMitzvah, um, and whether or not it is to be counted among the 613 is uh, one that many say might not be according to the Rambam, but it doesn't take away from the great significance of this mitzvah. I'd like to, however, take this concept one step beyond, and that is as follows. We find very powerfully in the second book of the Torah. The Torah tells us in Parshas Yisro that Moshe judges the people and Yisro provides for Moshe a very important suggestions that Moshe should implement in order to make the judicial system more easily accessible to the people and not as draining on Moshe. The Torah introduces this concept of Moshe sitting to judge the people in chapter 18 in the book of Shmos, Pasuk 13, with the following words, And it was on the next day, that Moshe sat to judge the people. The next day, from what? Take out the Chumash, look in the Rashi, bring it to the table. Rashi says, again, chapter 18 in Shmos, Pasuk 13, says Rashi, What day was it? It was the day following Yom Kippur. So too, Rashi says, we are taught in the Sifreya, Rashi brings a whole calculation as to how we know that we're talking about the day after Yom Kippur. Rav Salavechik, Sechat Sadik Levracha, pointed out something very, very significant, namely that Moshe is judging the people on the day after Yom Kippur. Why? Because, listen carefully, what's been happening all day Yom Kippur? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sitting in judgment of his people. And what does the Ramban say? That we are as Rosh Hashanah, is a day of din barachamim, whereas it's a day of judgment, and there is some rachamim that is injected into the judgment. Yom Kippur is a day of rachamim bedin. It's a day whereby HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges with mercy, be it the fact that he is alone, that he can tilt it more towards mercy. But the bottom line is, we are to learn from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe judges the people on the day after Yom Kippur because as HaKadosh Baruch who judges the Jewish people with mercy, so too we are to judge. And therefore the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dav Zayin, <coughs> teaches us that David HaMelech did Staka Umishpat, understood by the Gemara, that he judged with Pshara, with compromise, meaning taking the bigger picture into consideration. And this is precisely what we have again in this 
parsha of Ha'azinu, whereby the next pasuk after Birkas HaTorah, Hatsur Tamim Po'alo, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the rock, perfect in all his work, Kichol Durachov Mishpat, ah, all of his paths are justice. He takes everything into consideration. And this is what we are to do. We too are to judge. Have done You should judge everybody favorably. Right? Somebody comes into shul late and you have in your mind all kinds of condemnations for that person. Come on. You don't know what's going on in their life, and therefore judge favorably and understand that if he's late, there's a good reason for it. And this goes on in so many different ways. For a marriage to be successful, you've got to judge the spouse favorably. I told you to do it. Yes, but clearly something else came along, and you know that if you were in that situation, you would want someone to be understanding for you be there for the next one. My son told me he was on a plane, and it's understood right before takeoff that you have these stewardesses urging people to please sit down so the plane can take off. But then there was a passenger who was trying and yelling at everybody, please sit down, please sit down, and people almost found it like offensive. What are they doing? Why is this person, who is he, to push everybody around, not literally, but verbally? Who are you? only to find out at the end that he was the first one off the plane because Lo'aleinu, he was an one and he was rushing to get to the cemetery to bury his relative and therefore he was in a rush for the plane to take off. Always try to have, be there, the kafschus. Remember, Yom Kippur is just one day behind us. Today is Isruchag of Yom Kippur. And let's remember that as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we pray, judged all of us favorably, we too will implement that lesson, please God, not just today, but for this forthcoming year as well. Shabbat Shalom and a Piskatova to all.
JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting 641 on this Erev Shabbos. 641 for the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 641 here in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Monday night is Sukkot. We're here Monday for JM in the AM on Erev Sukkot. Matis has JM Sunday live starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday. Avrami tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Mark Zamek, 10 a.m. this morning with the Erev Shabbos show. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Our Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Our um, final hour at about 5.30 Eastern time brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Make sure to be tuned into the Nachum Single Network all day long as we get set for Parshas Hazinu. If you don't receive our weekly newsletter or... If you don't receive our uh, daily thread, you could write to Avrami. He'll take good care of you. AF at NahumSiegel.com. Again, that's AF at NahumSiegel.com. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN. Uh, NSN app for uh, NahumSiegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. I want to thank those who are becoming registered users every single month. We are adding so many registered users to our app, which is an amazing feeling. Wow. Got a lot this month, I must say. So a big thank you to uh, everybody who who has become and continues to add to the over 7,000 registered users that we have on our app, which is simply remarkable, frankly. And much appreciated. 71 degrees, cloudy, maybe some rain today with a high of 77. 79 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 71 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms have announced their schedule. And it is impressive. <laughs> That's an understatement. It is impressive. Aaron's Casino Farms will be open tomorrow night. Well, I guess we should start with today, right? They will be open today until about 5 p.m. Aaron's Casino Farms, Casino Boulevard in Queens. They will be open today until about 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, tomorrow night, they will be open. Oh, today, excuse me. Today is officially until 4.45. Sorry about that. Until 4.45. <laughs> then tomorrow night, they're open until 1 a.m. Sunday, they are open. And, of course, Monday, they'll be open until a couple hours before Yuntif. Take advantage, everyone, the great holiday hours and all the amazing departments at uh, Aaron's Casino Farms. Everything you need for Yuntif is there. That much I can guarantee you. I will be there later today. Oh, yes. I'll be there later today. Come on. Come on down. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. And you'll see that I ain't kidding when I say I go shopping at Aaron's Casino Farms. I got a whole list. Woo, you should see the list I have of what we need between Shabbos and Sukkot. Woo. Woo! I may end up in Aaron's Casino Farms again tomorrow night or Sunday. I may go there Sunday or Monday. Ereviantim. Who knows? Anyway, check out CasinoFarms.com or visit Aaron's Casino Farms on Casino Boulevard in Queens, New York. If you haven't yet participated in our uh, in our um, Tishrei Chesed campaign, Please do something nice, a gesture for someone, a single, a family, kids, those in need, especially those who are single mothers or single parents and their children. Do something before the upcoming holiday on Monday night 
And remember what we're suggesting. For those of you who uh, who want to see your dollar go far, a lot of people are preparing for a Thursday when we're going to be heading down to Six Flags with New Jersey NCSY. That's happening Thursday with New Jersey NCSY. Um, all the information is available at ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. But keep in mind that you have the, the capability of sending single parents and their children to Six Flags. And they can have an amazing Simchas Yom Tov Cholomoy trip as well. Just go to ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. The menu on the right, you'll see a donate button, right? You click on the menu on the right, you'll see a donate button. Just donate tickets. And Rabbi Wialgus and company will make sure that the uh, proper people are given tickets for the NCSY event. Six flags on Thursday, Cholomoid. It really is as simple as that. ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Oh, 
Yehuda Green, of course, with the Kalbach Mim Kompcha. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM.
Ahinu Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web and AchimSingle.com and AchimSingle Network. And of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JM in the AM. And um, I thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget, we are back Monday morning with JM in the AM. Matis back Sunday with JM Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Avrami tomorrow night with Saturday Night Seagull. Mark coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern Time with the uh, Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Arab Shabbos final hour brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Make sure to be tuned in and uh, enjoy. Keep it with us all day long. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Get ready for Sukkot. We'll speak to you Monday morning. Erev Yontif. Till then, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 